is Faith Formation for Children and Youth. Why is it important that parents teach their children who God is and what He's done for them? What advice would you have for parents that want to begin Christ-centered family devotions in the home? And why should the church partner with the home? Join us today as I interview Stephanie Hovland. We'll talk about family devotions for the home. She's a popular author for children and adults and an educator. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Stephanie, for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Stephanie, before we get into the topic, tell our listeners about your family. All right. I am a mother of two. My girls are grown and have left the house. And I am the wife of a pastor, a Lutheran pastor. So we're kind of doing that empty nest thing right now. I understand that. And maybe as we go through this topic of uh, family devotions for the home, you might, and I'm sure you will, bring in some of your experiences as you raised your two girls. Yes. Yes. Good. God's plan for families is to tell the next generation about the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. God's word says, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord his power, and the wonders he has done. That's from Psalm 78, 4. And so God tells us, don't hide God's word from your children. So, Stephanie, uh, as we begin, why is it important that parents teach their children about God? Well, it's important because we are their primary educators. And by that, I mean that we directly and indirectly teach our children, and we lay the foundation for the rest of their life. I know that sounds like I'm laying a lot on parents, but really God has given us that responsibility. So when we directly say things, like that Bible verse said, that we don't hide things from our children, we tell them about the Lord. When we directly say things, we are giving a message to our children. But some of our messages that we give to them are very indirect as well. They watch us. They watch our attitudes. They see how we talk about going to church, whether we have to go or we get to go. They see how we build relationships with other people. They see how we treat other people. They see if we pray in front of them, if we read our Bible. Um, They understand our priorities based on how we spend our time and our money. It shows them what our priorities really are, even if we say, that God is a high priority to us, but we spend all of our money and all of our time doing something else, it gives them this indirect message about our values. And then the last thing that that verse mentioned at the very beginning, we will not hide them. Mm -hmm. If we choose to do nothing, we still are teaching our children things. We're teaching them indirectly that things are not important to us because we never said anything about them. And when we don't say anything about God, We don't say anything about our relationship with Jesus. We don't talk about our faith ever. Then we are actually handing over our responsibility as our educators to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And the world, the schools, the culture, that's what's going to lay their foundation for them. So we have to be very careful that we don't hand over that responsibility too easily. Yeah. And God's Word tells us that it is the parent's responsibility first to raise their children to know and love Jesus. I see that so often. I have seen 
parents who take that responsibility seriously. And I've also seen parents who have handed it over. And I've, I've heard them say, well, I'm sending them to Sunday school so we don't have to go to church. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sending them to Lutheran school so I don't have to talk about God. I've heard parents oh, say that. It is so, it's so misguided and it's so unhealthy for their families to just give that responsibility to someone else. We're supposed to work together on this. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's sad to see those that don't do anything. But it's such a blessing to see families that do raise their children to know and love Jesus. And it's not an easy task, is it, Stephanie? No, no, not at all. And, I, you know, I made so many mistakes, and I, I have regrets now. But I don't think that God expects us to be perfect because He knows we're sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives us this responsibility, but He also gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us His Word. He gives us our church community. He gives us our neighbors. He gives us a lot of things that we sometimes forget about. And and part of my weakness as a parent was that I often felt so alone. Mm-hmm. And that that can become a problem because he does support us. And so when we make mistakes or we leave things out or we're not intentional about things, we just go to God again and we, we ask him for forgiveness and we ask him to help us to be a better parent the next day. And we move forward, and we don't dwell on the failures either, but just always trying to go back to God and asking Him to remind us that He's He's there with us in that struggle. You bet. You bet. Um, so let's talk for a minute about suggestions you have for parents. It could be grandparents as well, because grandparents really stand in the gap a lot of times with their grandchildren. But uh, suggestions for parents if they want to have Christ-centered family devotions in the home and they've never done it before, what are some suggestions you have? All right. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, what not to do. Okay, do good. It my way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a big mistake of expecting everything to be a certain way. I had a prescribed way that I thought families were supposed to do devotions. And if my family didn't do them that exact way, with a certain response at a certain time of day, I got very discouraged. I I even gave up for years trying to do anything because I thought it had to be a certain way. So my first suggestion is don't get hung up on doing it a certain way. There are some families that I know that do devotions the way, well, the way I tried to do with my family that didn't always work, and that is they have a devotion book, they have a Bible they read out of, they do prayer together, and they meet every day. Mm. And that is great. I'm glad that works for most families or some families, but it doesn't work for all. And part of the issue might be when you're starting them. I think most of the families that can do that traditional devotional model They started when the kids were really little. Mm -hmm. In fact, I bet that the mother, I didn't ask this because I I have asked around a little. I did not ask, but I I would bet that the uh, mother and father had devotions together as a couple before they had children. Mm -hmm. And then when they had children, they brought them into it and made some modifications for the children. So they had this routine set up before the child was even born, and then they made modifications as the child aged and as they had more children, and they made tweaks to the program, but, but they were able to start early. And that would be my first suggestion, then, mm-hmm. too, is Good. to start early and, and have a routine. 
make it your routine, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be Bible reading in the devotion book. It can be anything when, you want, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about little kids who love to sing. Sure. Maybe you sing this little gospel light of mine, or you sing, he's got the whole world in your hands every day after supper for weeks. Most kids would love that repetition. Mm-hmm. That would be a great And that would be enough. When they're young, short is good. Yes. When it's family devotions, it's always challenging because you do have different ages. And uh, that's a challenge as well. But I like that. I always say uh, try, strive for once a week because every day is in busy families is really going to be difficult. So I know uh, we did it many different ways. And I I like your suggestion, don't get hung up in the, I would say, don't get hung up in the law of we got to do it this way and that way. Um, But I love that, Stephanie. What else? Yeah, well, I and I have something for if you're starting with older kids then. So I had a parent come to me last year, and she had middle schoolers, Mm -hmm. and they hadn't really done devotions as a family. And she just she had this look on her face like she felt like she was a failure. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to encourage her. She's not. But I told her, you can't just make them join you now. You can't just say, we are sitting down every night, and we're going to read the Bible, and we're going to do a devotion, and we're going to pray together, because by the time they're in middle school, they're starting to rebel a little. And you don't want to... There's certain areas that if you push them, then they rebel more. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to rebel on the faith side of things. So I'm not going to force them into that. So at that age, what I encourage is for you to invite them. So you say, I'm, I've decided that for the new year, for example, right now, you could say that every Sunday evening, I'm going to read a chapter out of my Bible after dinner. And I'm going to sit down by the fireplace and do that. And anybody who wants to join me can can join me, and maybe we can read it together. And you make it an invitation, and you allow them to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> and you try the invitation so that they they have some buy-in. They've made a decision to join you, and then you know you're not going to get them resisting it later. Um, if they don't want to join in Bible reading, then ask them to join you in prayer or go to a movie that has a theme that you could talk about Christianity, mm-hmm. and, and then you could talk about it afterward. Um, there's a lot of ideas, things you could invite them to join you mm-hmm. so that you're not pushing it on them. Good, good. That's great. Uh, I know for our family, because we had different age children, 3, uh, 8, and 11, we would ask the older one to help us with a devotion for the 3-year-old and get them involved in that way, um, in that is always a challenge when there's different ages. And I think you just have to say, today we're going to have a devotion that's appropriate for our three-year-old and change it at Mm -hmm. times. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing you can do with the different ages is you can find different ways to do activities related to it. So you might have some children who like to um, cook in the kitchen for you. Mm -hmm. And if you can tie that into some of your devotions that you do, you make bread together and then you talk about you have a devotion where it's Jesus visiting the disciples with the breakfast on the beach, oh, yeah. and they had fish and bread, mm-hmm. and then you have your bread coming out of the oven, and you you break that bread together, that warm bread with the fresh butter on it. Mm. When you do something like that, you bring an activity in, it seems to have no age correlation sure. to it. 
And then you're also incorporating something they enjoy doing and you're incorporating the senses. I found that when I work senses into my own Mm. devotions, like a candle or something, there's something about it that just brings another kind of dimension to it. It helps with uh, my focus and my memory Mm -hmm. and it makes it a pleasant atmosphere. So I suggest working on the senses too, um, music and, and taste if you can. You could you could even have a special treat every time you're family does devotions they always have oh, they'd love that when they like that, that that's a great idea yeah. yeah so how do you bring in prayer prayer is so important uh, do you have any suggestions for uh, ways that we can help our children understand prayer and that God answers prayer because they're not you know abstract is difficult for especially young children any ideas for helping them learn about prayer well, one thing I have noticed with young children is they are not afraid to pray out loud like adults sometimes are. Mm-hmm. So I think if we keep in mind that part of what we're doing is we're encouraging children to do something that seems kind of natural to them, I think that helps us make sure we keep doing it. We want them to be comfortable as adults praying. And so this is a foundational activity as well, um, just working prayer into every day. I would talk to them about how prayer is a conversation with God. And I want to clarify what I mean by that, because some people mean different things when they talk about conversation with God. God has already spoken to us through His Word, Mm -hmm. and I have a Bible right here. It's kind of thick. He talks a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) I I can look at what He tells me anytime I want, but I have found in my life that there are times when I pray to God and feel like he's not there or he's not listening. Or when I was a kid, I remember specifically I had this view of prayer that I would ask something of God. And then I would, as we were going to school, I would look at billboard signs and trucks and stuff and try to figure out which words were meant to to come to me from God. So that's how he was going to speak to me. Well, that's not how... God says prayer works. Mm -hmm. So what I would encourage you to do with your kids, and I've tried this with myself, and it makes me just feel so much more centered in my prayer life, is you read the Bible first, and then you pray based on what you read in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, it reminds me of um, Proverbs 3, 5, where it says, do not lean on your own understanding. So then we're leaning on God's understanding. Nice. And I feel like when I'm leaning on my own understanding, that that personal leaning could make me tip over <laughs> in the wrong direction. And when I'm leaning on God, it's more like I'm leaning on the rock, the solid foundation. And so my understanding lines up with what he meant for me to understand. Good. I need to make some announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking about family devotions in the home. Today, Family Shield is giving away Parenting with Purpose. To request the complimentary booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center at 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. It's a listener-supported ministry. We also have an email newsletter that you can sign up for and receive twice a month. It will include 
the radio programs from the past and upcoming programs. You can do that on our website or you can call us and we'll do it for you. We invite your prayers and support for the ministry. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. And if you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support us. Go to thrivent.com slash thrivent choice or call thrivent 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Thank you again for listening to Family Shield. I want to go back now to my guest, Stephanie Hovland, and uh, we're talking about family devotions in the home before the uh, announcements. We were talking about prayer, and Stephanie had shared uh, an example of things that we can do. What else would you like to share about that, Stephanie? I would say that I would take the lead from my child. Okay. So I would see where they are with their prayer life. What do they offer up in prayer? Are they really uncomfortable already? If they are, then I would um, encourage them to memorize some prayers or some prayer starters. And if you do a prayer starter, you just start it with something like, Dear Lord, today we thank you for these things. And then you let the child make a list of things. You can start with something easy like that. If they're really a a heavy-duty prayer, you know, one of those kids that can talk and talk and talk, go ahead and just let them talk and encourage them and thank them. And maybe when they get a little bit older, you can talk about different kinds of prayer. If they're just doing thanks prayer, you can start um, asking God for things and talk about in the Bible when people did that and why they did that and the wisdom to ask for things that God would want us to have and so on. But I would take the lead from my child. I would see what they're doing first and then go from there. Good. Good. Well, we also, as we do family devotions in the home, we must use God's Word, but we want it to be age-appropriate for the children. Do you have any suggestions about how we bring God's Word into these devotions? There are a few different options for the age-appropriate thing. Um, First of all, God's Word is age-appropriate in many ways. There are, of course, parts that the vocabulary is a little high, the concepts might be very abstract, So one thing we can do is we can read things with our children directly from the Bible and then paraphrase them or talk about them. You might be surprised what kids actually understand. When I have taught religion classes in Lutheran schools, um, those little children have some pretty deep understanding that we adults might forget. So we shouldn't assume they don't know anything. Um, Again, you can play off of what they know. The other thing is you can look for something like arch books. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are retold Bible stories in rhyme, and they're kind of fun to read because of the rhyming. They do have some bigger vocabulary in them, so I actually don't suggest that you have early readers try to read them. They tend to come out at about a third or fourth grade reading level, Um, but reading it to a smaller child. So if you used one of your older children, third, fourth, fifth grader, sixth grader, and had them read it to the younger ones, better yet have all the kids act it out. Have the older ones read it, and the other kids can act it out as they're doing the arch book. It is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I've done that with classes. I've seen chapels, uh, chapel skits 
based on that where they just read the arch book and, and act it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great idea. I love doing that with the kids. Yeah. Uh, very good. Our time is rolling along here. Um, why is it important for parents in the home to learn to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? It's such a good model. You know, there's so many times I said we have that indirect teaching. That's mm-hmm. one of those indirect teaching things. If our kids just see us or hear us saying it, then they know how to say it to somebody else. And I I think you could even talk about things like this. In some families, saying I love you or I'm sorry is difficult mm-hmm. because maybe the way the parents were raised, mm-hmm. maybe they never heard that. That would be a good family discussion to have around the table. That could be your devotional yes, time. Yes, it could. Absolutely. You could just talk about that and mm-hmm. and say, I don't, as the adult, showing your vulnerabilities also is really really great for kids to see, mm-hmm. um, to say, I grew up and I never, ever heard, I'm sorry, or I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to say then, so it's difficult for me to say it because I haven't done it. And then you could set a family goal and say, I would like to say, I love you once a day to each person in my family. And I would like to practice saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And I forgive you at least once a week or, you know, oh, nice. that whatever goal Good idea. You have for yourself. Yeah. And I bet you would have some of the family members who would join you in that challenge. I think so, too. That's great. Well, just a couple verses that go along with that. I have always said this verse, James five sixteen, is for families. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I know it's used in many other ways, but it's kind of an in-the-home issue because being a parent is difficult. It's a difficult place to live our faith, isn't it, Stephanie? It sure is. We make so many mistakes. We And I, don't, I shouldn't even call them mistakes. Some of the mistakes we make are just outright sins. And we need to confess to one another because our our families are like a little mini model of the body of Christ. Oh, I love church that. Families. Yeah. Yeah. So when we are wronged by somebody at church, we would find it much easier to approach them and talk to them about that if we've done that in our own family. You bet. Modeling. Yeah. Wonderful idea. Well, I just have uh, our time's going to go quickly here. And um, uh, some of the statistics by George Barna tells us that um, there, that uh, most of the research shows that although most churches understand that parents are the primary uh, people that should share faith with their children, it's not being done a lot in churches. And um, so why should the church partner with the home in family ministry? And then share an example of how that could happen. Well, I like the word partner because it does still give those parents that primary role. And the church can be a good aid to help parents do their job better instead of taking it over, Uh, which some parents, I know you get frustrated and you kind of want to give up sometimes, but you come back the next day and need to do it again. So the church is there as a support, Mm -hmm. as a family, um, as people that have also made parenting mistakes. And I would suggest maybe doing parenting mentor groups Mm. where you can meet with other um, other parents who have kids who are in stages that maybe you've already experienced so that you can say, hey, I did the same thing. I made the same mistake, and here's what we did, and here's how we grew through it, or here's how we failed 
and maybe they learned the lesson of not doing what you did, I would also suggest they do multi-generational programs in the church so that you don't see learning as just preschoolers together and fifth graders together and adults in a separate Bible study, but are there things we can all do together? Because that promotes that whole family idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So just a couple Bible verses. There are many verses in God's Word that talk about children and faith formation. Um, and I love Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. to And these words which I have I am commanding you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And I always say, and God meant daughters as well, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Uh, Let's talk for a minute about that, because I think as we talk about family devotions, this verse is great. Talk as you go about your business every day. It doesn't have to be. At the dinner table, you already mentioned doing activities and maybe in the car or taking a walk and talking about the Lord. But uh, just a couple thoughts or comments about that verse, Stephanie. You just said taking a walk. I found that in my family, um, there were certain things. I grew up in a home where we didn't talk to each other a whole lot. We were a stoic family. And I found it harder to talk to my children about certain topics. And so two things we did that really helped us, and it was kind of the as-you're-going thing, is we would go on walks, and as we walked, we didn't actually look at each other face-to-face, and for some reason, it made it easier to talk about things that were sensitive or conflicts we had had. The other thing we did was we actually had a journal. I had a separate journal with each of my daughters that when, when tough subjects came up or we thought something might get somebody upset if we said it to their face, we would write it the question or a comment in the journal, and then we leave it on their bed. So I'd leave it on their bed or they'd leave it on mine. And then we would either talk face-to-face about it afterwards, or more often than not, we actually wrote back and forth to each other. Mm-hmm. Even though we saw each other during mm-hmm. the day, mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, it was a way to handle tough topics. Yeah. And it worked pretty well for us. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. We have about a minute left, Stephanie. Again, my guest has been Stephanie Hovland, and she's been helping us learn some things we can do for having family devotions in the home uh, relating to our children and youth. Um, And uh, again, also, we are giving away the booklet Parenting with Purpose and you can call our response center if you're interested, one 877 8416 or email us at witness2family at Stephanie, a really quick just closing comment? Sure. I just want to remind people that even though this is a big responsibility, that God gives us grace. So I encourage people to keep trying different ways to connect with their children and connect with God. Oh, wonderful grace. We should end with that. God's riches at Christ's expense. Thank you, uh, Stephanie, for being our guest today. Uh, Blessings to all of our listeners. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield. 